This morning, I just want to share something very important to me. And I pray you see what I'm about to say. It's called the reward of a prophet. And uh, I just pray you get this. Now, let's quickly look at the book of Matthew chapter 10. And we'll read just verse 41. Now, in verse 40 of Matthew chapter 10, you're going to see the scripture that says, He that receives you, receives me. And he that receives me, receives him that sent me. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Now, I want you to see the implication of that. If you connect that, if you connect what Jesus said in verse 40, He that receives you, He's talking about the disciples that were sent out, receives me. And he that receives me, receives him who sent me. Now there is a connection to how you get to receive God. Hallelujah. There's a connection to how you receive God. Now so everybody thinks he receives God. Now God is laying down a principle by which you can receive him. And you receive him through the people that are functioning under delegated authority on his behalf. Amen. And so Jesus said, he listened. He said, Hey, apostles, go preach the word. He who receives you receives me. By implication, anything they should have gotten from me by receiving me, they are going to receive because they receive you whom I have sent. You see that? Okay. Then he now say, He that receives me, receive he. Who is he? God who sent me. Now, if you have to receive God, you must receive Christ. If you have to receive Christ, you must receive the one he sent. I want you to see the connection. And sometimes you treat people and say, oh, well, he's just an ordinary man. Well, fine. Except you have already concluded he's not sent by someone. But if you know and you've come to conclude that he's sent by someone, receive him, and you receive him who sent him. Are you still following this? Okay. And so, when you get to chapter 10 verse 41 and say he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward and he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward righteous man here simply speaks of every saint and so there is a way you relate with people because they belong to someone don't treat your fellow brother carelessly you need to help me with this mic. Hallelujah. Are you following this? You don't treat your fellow brother in the church carelessly. You don't understand it. Now, the value you place upon your fellow brother depends on what you're going to get from your fellow brother. Every one of you carries some grace. God has deposited some value in everybody you see. And by the way you receive that brother depends on where you get from that brother. Are you hearing this? That's a righteous man. But the key thing we're dealing with is the issue of the prophet reward. Glory to God. Now, the word prophet here is not necessarily dealing with um, a visionary. The man who foretells the future is not dealing with that. Most often in the New Testament, the word prophet actually speaks of an inspired speaker and teacher. So now, now what Jesus is saying here is, he will receive the messenger of the minister that I send, receives a reward for receiving that teacher. Are you following this? Listen, follow the order. Verse 40, he that receives you, that I'm saying he receives me, that has to do with him. Verse number 41 talks about the ministers of God that he sends out. Then the last one talks about every saint in each of three class of people you must receive. And get reward based on how you receive them. Now receiving a man has to do with the value you place on a man. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? The value you place on a man depends on the reward you get from that man. And so Jesus is saying here, if you receive an inspired teacher that has sent a minister of the gospel, it's not a mean assignment. It's not everybody who is qualified to be a minister of the Lord. We are all witnesses, but we are not all called into specific offices. 
We all can witness. Are you still there? But we all are not called to specific duties in that sense within the body. And so the Lord is saying, if you receive a minister in the name of a minister, because I call him, you receive the reward of that authority, or of that grace, or of that recognition, or the value you place on the minister that I send. So what, what, hey, help me father, what determines your, what determines your explosion as you listen to a message that comes to you has to do with the value you place on that individual. When Paul was speaking to Thessalonians, he said the word that you receive worked effectually. He first said because you did not receive me as a mere man, you received me as what? As an angel. Hallelujah. Now the word receive is very crucial. If you check it up in the Greek, it's lambano. Lambano is like taking to your side. Maybe uh, actually you find that in John chapter 14. I'll come again and take you to my side. Wherever you you be on. So remember that? That one is paralambano. This one is simply lambano. To receive. In this sense, you're talking about a level of intimacy that you must develop with the one that is sent to you as a minister. Are you following this? And the Bible is saying when you have that. Now one of the places. Help me father. One of the places you receive or how you truly receive a man is first in your mind. You craft the value you want to have on a man in your thinking, in your mind. Is that okay? You can despise a man by the way you think about the man. You can despise a man without even saying a word, but you really despise a man. Now, let me give you a simple illustration of this. I think it's very crucial you understand this. And I often say that more often to women, sometimes in counseling. You don't need to insult your husband, for instance. Before God punishes you for it. Now I'm not saying God punishes women because they insult their husbands. But let me give you a simple illustration on this. How many of you know that the only woman that was barren in the Bible was the daughter of Saul that he gave to David? Yes, I mean, remember that. Now watch this. Before Mika ever said, look at the king, how she was. The Bible says from the window, she already despised David where? In her heart. And that was the only reason God said you're going to be barren. No deliverance for that one because it came from God. Are you still there? Every other woman that the Bible spoke about barren in the Bible, they were not really barren. The Bible said you delayed they are bringing forth for that particular season. People like Anna. People, you remember that? But as far as the issue of Micah was concerned, there was no reverser. Why? She despised. In other words, she did not receive the anointed one of God in her heart. So when we talk about receiving people, it's not just, uh, I welcome you, give a cup of cold water, whatever as the case may be. You can't even do that until you first receive the person where? In your heart. The value you place on a man, the value you place on a husband is right from your heart. And I want you to understand it because it's very important. Hallelujah. Maybe we need to have some women's seminar after now. Because there are some things you need to know. Can I add a man to that? There are some things you need to know. You see, the marriage principle is that of Christ and the church. I want you to understand now, the kind of value the church put on Christ, that's a value the woman actually is expected to put on the husband. And, and see, so here we see the prophet, the minister of God sent to the church. The value you place on the minister of God depends on what you're going to get from that man. Nothing more. Not that because he's not preaching, not because he's not teaching, not because, just because you did not value the man in your heart as you ought to. You can't get the reward you're supposed to get. Okay. Praise the Lord. Can we go to first king? Can we go to first king? Now, before we go to... Uh, let's quickly look at Deuteronomy first, please. Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy, please. Uh, okay. I have my something. No, I just want to go to Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy before we go to first king. I want to read something to you from this passage. 
Hallelujah. Look at this. I'm reading from verse 6. I'm sure you are there with your Bible. Please open your Bible. Don't look at my screen. Praise God. Okay. Now, when you look at your Bible, there is something I want to show you. And it's very important. And the Bible says, the children of Israel took their journey from Beroth of the children of Jakan to Mizorah. There Aaron died, and there he was buried. And Eleazar, his son, ministered in the priest's office in his stead. From there is the journey unto Gogoda, and from Gogoda to Jobat, a land of rivers of waters. At that time, the Lord separated a tribe of Levi. Mark the word separate. Remember, Aaron have died. The song we are ministering. The Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. To stand before the Lord to do what? To minister. Mark the word stand. Unto him and to bless in his name. Mark that. Unto this day. What does it mean to stand? Okay. Levite were meant to minister and to stand. Am I right? Okay. Now go to First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17. Praise the Lord. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitant of Gilead, said unto Ahab, unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I do what? There shall not be due nor rain these years, but according to my word. Before whom I stand. Now watch this. The tribe of Levi were made to stand before the Lord. Did you get that? Okay. And here, Elijah is saying, I am standing before the Lord. And I'm speaking because I'm standing before the Lord. So what does it mean to stand? And I want you to understand. To stand means to minister before the Lord and to bless the people as appointed of the Lord. Now watch this. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a reward of what? Of the prophet. The Levite were meant to stand. To stand means appointed. To, mean, to stand means call. Remember, the Bible says at that time the Lord separated. It means he called them out of the entire tribe of Israel and made them a unique tribe to be able to minister before the Lord and to bless in his name. Now watch this. The word name there if you check it in the, in the original Hebrew, it simply means an individual identity. Hallelujah. Now, the one God calls blesses you in the identity of who? Of God. I want you to see the implication of what I'm saying. Connecting to what Jesus said. He that receives you, receives me. And he that receives me, receives he who sent me. In other words, the blessing of the minister is not his blessing. He is blessing you in the person of God. Hallelujah. Is it, something is cheap when people talk about now is he is God using the money? Oh well, he's God. Is it not the pastors who are using? You know, it's cheap. Because they don't understand the connection. They don't understand the link. They don't understand the calling. They don't understand the principles. Hallelujah. Now everything the Levite people said upon the children of Israel is ordained, registered, marked out in the heavens. I mean, if you understand that, praise the living God. So, here is Elijah speaking in 1 Kings chapter 17. Say, hey, 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 listen to me. As long as I am standing, now that's a very crucial thing for minister. Understand, oh man, help me. If you stand where God appoints you, your words is effectual. Are you there? That is why, you see, you can't sweep or swap the office. You can't swap your office. Listen, you need to know what and what he called you for. How many of you understand that one of the reasons that Uzziah died was because he intended to do what Levi was supposed to do? Yes, sir. That's it. You can't swap your calling. 
You need to understand it. Know exactly what you are called to do and do exactly what God wants you to do. Glory to God. And if you are standing there, what it means standing there is if you truly occupy the office that God called you to occupy, what you say heaven registers and approves it. Glory to God. Are you following this so far? He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive the reward of a prophet. Hallelujah. Now, I think in 2 Kings chapter 4, we have a particular story anyway, but I'm not bringing that out. But remember, when Elijah went to the widow, how many of you remember that? She got reward. What was the reward? Because sometimes people think reward of a prophet means you become a prophet. That's your vision. That is not absolutely true. The widow never saw vision, but she got her debt paid and she became a businesswoman. How many of you understand what I mean by that? Reward of a prophet doesn't necessarily mean you have to become a visionary. Because basically, like I told you, that scripture is not talking about future tellers. He's talking about inspired teachers, inspired instructors, men who bring the mind and the depth of God through their words. That's what it means. And so when Elijah went to this woman, the woman was indebted. The woman was to die. In fact, she was getting ready. After her death was the next neighbor. Is that okay? And she was to live with her baby. And I love that woman too. Uh-huh. She didn't want to go to glory leaving the child. Everybody, let's go together. <laughs> Mother and child. You see what I mean? But because she she ministered to the prophet. And, oh God, God will help some of us. Do you know even why the woman could release the last thing she had without thinking twice? The Bible says, I have commanded a widow of Zarephath to feed you. It is God's love and mercy for you to make you become a giver. That woman will have resisted. But she couldn't raise it because there was a commandment in the heavens. And the commandment was to bless her. And the means of blessing was said, I have seen your heart. Hallelujah. And I know how much your husband loved me. Oh, come on. Husbands, think about this as well. Your love for God will set your family free. Because she was not just a widow. She was a prophet wife. Who was ministering on behalf of God. Are you still there? God saw the labor of the man and rewarded the family. Praise the living God. When you stand in your place as a man in the home. Your family stands to be rewarded. And God said, all the things that you have done in assisting in doing the work of the ministry, that's why pastors don't be discouraged in the work that you are doing. Do it with all your heart because there's a reward. And every family head should know this. Hallelujah. And so here we go. She simply ministered to this man of God. And what was the next thing? Instruction came from the heavens. Get all the vessels, fill them with oil and begin to say, this woman have no idea about business. But here was a woman who was supposed to die becoming a, an oil merchant in the city. The first of his kind. <laughs> Jesus turned water to wine. Now here is Elijah turning nothing into an oil industry. The woman had a refinery in her home. Was selling oil because she ministered to the one sent by God. How many of you are getting this picture? Some of your debt can be paid out. Some of the issues in your life can be paid out by you ministering to the one that is sent. He that receives, don't forget what I'm saying this morning. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a reward of the prophet. Now the reward has to do with every need that you have. Are you still there? He that receives the man of God, he that receives the messenger of God, there is something that God does on your behalf because you receive the one that he sent. 
you must live to experience this. And the first place for you to capture that is in your mind. The first place for you to start receiving is in your mind. When you receive the man, automatically you receive that which you lack. Glory to God. Now you can see Paul speaking on this wise. Though we are poor, but making many rich. Because the grace to make you rich is locked up in the one that is sent to you. I want you to understand this is very crucial, people. I'm not saying it because I'm ministering to you. If I say it's stronger, if I go out to minister. And I was sharing this in Jankerman Church and the eyes of people were open. That is why things are happening there already. People begin to see that there is something connected to the one that is sent to you. And they have nothing to do with age. It is what is in the person that matters. And that is why you see the scripture of God was speaking to Timothy and said, God has not given all the spirit of fear, but of love and what? On his hand, man. You know why he said that? It was not a general scripture basically for the church, though we can pick it, but it was said to Timothy because Timothy was a young man laboring among older people. And he was saying, don't let your age intimidate you. Be strong and do what you're supposed to because you're the pastor of the church. That's what Paul was saying. Hallelujah. Are you connecting this? Okay. Now, let's look at 1 Samuel. To make you see the, the, the reward that comes for receiving the one that is sent to you. So strong. Look at it. Now, Lord, help me. Somebody needs to be cleansed. I'm saying this prophetically right now. Somebody needs to be cleansed. Somebody needs to be cleansed. And God will have to cleanse that individual. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the life of that individual is standing as a barrier. As a barrier. As an obstruction. In fact, you are repelling people. Your life, you are repelling people. But God is going to do a quick walk in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. But he shared me someone right here. But I don't want to mention the name. But I believe that even this prayer is answered already. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your life is repelling people. Your life is repelling people. But God is going to change it. Hallelujah. Okay, can we go on now? 1 Samuel 19. Look at verse 20. And so sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophet prophesying, and Samuel, <laughs> and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. What am I trying to make you see here? The enemies that are after you can catch up with you if you are under the one that is sent will be over you. Did you see that there? What was the, what was the intention of the messengers of Saul? Capture David and do what? Kill him. Now, watch this. Oh, come on, God. Can you help this church to understand? Samuel was not praying. Samuel was not laying hands on people. An atmosphere had been created. As long as he was upon the people, as the leader, there is a glory, there is, there is a presence of God that was around the environment. Enemies came in there, they couldn't touch the one that was hiding under that glory. Some of you don't need all these long prayers that you're doing. I must be honest with you. <laughs> and not because the one sent to you is a mighty man. No, 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 no. Because he's just responding to the call of God in his life. And there is a covering that he carries that when you're under by way of receiving him, you are protected. <laughs> I wish we can capture this. As long as Samuel was standing. In other words, as long as he remained a minister of the Lord. As long as he remained in his office. Everybody that was under Saul. I mean Samuel was what? Protected. Hmm. I don't know how best I can illustrate this to you. I gave you a story here sometime of a man that was here. Of the things he did. The vision had he was supposed to be destroyed. And I made a statement. I mean, if you remember that. And I said, No, this young man bought me my first television, bought me this. 
and then he was losing that vision. I mean, if you remember that. Now, I wasn't praying when that happened. Hallelujah. Got a visitor recently. So confused about life. <laughs> and he came to me and he said, we need to pray. I said, yes, we need to pray. But let me tell you this. In my house, in my mind, in my thinking, in my belief, I've created an atmosphere that if you enter in, whatever is your issue, will take care of itself. How many of you understand? I remember I told you about stronghold. How many of you remember what stronghold is? Stronghold is not demonic. It depends on what you create. So you can have demonic stronghold. You can also have heavenly strongholds. Are you getting this? And it's important that you create a stronghold in your atmosphere or in your environment that when people move in there. Now, what is happening here? There was already a stronghold as long as Simon was standing. And when the people come, they have no option but to key into what was happening there. Men who were not prophets become to prophesy. Why? Because an atmosphere has been what? Created. Is here. As a man thinker in his heart. So is he. So you see, we can create a belief system here. Let me put it, not belief system in the negative. We can create a stronghold in this place that we just have that consciousness that whoever comes to this church, as you sit down, your sicknesses are over. Yeah. We can just believe that. And you see people walking here receiving healing. Yeah. But it has to be your faith journey with my faith because I can't think in isolation in this regard. Why is this so? The people that were under Samuel were also prophets. <laughs> Are you following what I'm talking about? You know what? Their thinking was that of Samuel as well. But the only thing is Samuel was their leader. But they were thinking the same way. They have the same spirit. And so an atmosphere has been created. That whoever came in there connects to the atmosphere. You have no option. If we come to this level of thinking and understanding all this struggle about the kind of prayers we offer, it's dissolved and resolved. We just create it. Hallelujah. We just create it and we create the atmosphere of success. And we believe that whoever steps into this place, you have a potential to become a millionaire. We just create it in our thinking. You don't walk in the street and be thinking that something is going to rob you of your glory. You can't think that way. Hallelujah. Is anybody cutting into this? They say, when you know, Lord, what, what? David know what it means to run under. Oh, come on. Here the scripture says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Hey, I begin to think it has to do with the one that goes with the name of the Lord. Say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. He becomes a strong tower. Here is David discovering that I say, Samuel is a strong tower. I will run under Samuel. Simply got in there and that was the end. David, I think David was sleeping at this time. I don't know. Maybe when we were coming to look for him, it was no longer. As long as Samuel was standing, I know I'm secure because Samuel is in his office. And he had a soul with all this raving anger. How many of you remember himself prophesied at the end? Glory to God. No devil have right to touch you. Hallelujah. They will sing your song with you. They will praise your God with you. They will shout a praise with you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Look at Saul. An enemy. A murderer. Mad with hatred. Everything he wants to do. Looking for David. Step into where David did. Met a stronghold. Join up with the king. Begin to prophesy. Carelessly to prophesy naked. Just to show that he doesn't belong. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so you see your enemies coming to you and getting themselves exposed and they can touch you. Yeah. I just want you to understand what I'm talking about. Glory to God. Everyone needs a stronghold. Everyone needs one. Everyone, you just need to receive somebody into your life. You just need to connect to somebody in your mind. You just need to come to that place and I know this man is standing in his office. And I know God said. And then you minister to that individual. You are connecting to protection. You are connecting to provision. Glory to God. Can you see that from the Bible? 
Okay, let me show you one more scripture. Hallelujah. Look at this. First Samuel chapter 8. Hallelujah. Mm. First Samuel chapter 8. Are you there with me? Oh, chapter 7, I'm sorry. First Samuel 7. Hallelujah. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us. Mm? Hallelujah. Are you following? That he will save us out of the hands of the Philistines. Okay, let's move on. And Samuel took a supple land, verse number 9, and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel. And the Lord had him. The Lord didn't hear them. The Lord had him. Mark it. <laughs> Glory to God. Why? Because he was standing in his place as appointed. And Israel recognized that there is a man standing. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Lord, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord turned out with a great thunder. And that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten by Israel. What is that supposed to mean? The prayer that a man that is standing offers on your behalf equip you to defeat your enemies at your front bottom front. Did you follow this? God had him. God showed up. Israel defeated the Philistines. By implication, your prayers are energized and equipped by reason of your connection. And verse number 11. And the men of Israel went out of Mitzvah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they come under Bekah. Israel pursued. Now, this was Israel was afraid. What does that mean? When you know the one that God sent, before you stand him, there is enough courage that comes into your life to pursue even that which seems to be an enemy. They receive strength. They receive courage. Because they know that God was not at work. Glory to God. Then Samuel took a stone and sat it before Mishpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer saying he that to have the Lord helped us. Ebenezer that is a stone of help. But verse 13 is my main key scripture for you. Look at it. So the Philistines were subdued. Everybody says subdued. Subdued means they were conquered. Am I right? And they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Come on here and say hallelujah. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days. In other words, as long as Samuel was standing, no Philistine has right to come into the coast of Israel. Your freedom is guaranteed. <laughs> Glory to God. Your enemy shall no longer think about you. Because there is somebody standing before you. In the name of Jesus Christ. All the days. <laughs> it is until somewhere died that the Philistines have access to Israel again. I want you to understand what I'm sharing with you this morning. The strength and the power of this thing. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? All the days. In other words, this is why also the man that is standing before you need to pray for him to continue to stand. <laughs> because as long as he's standing, your strongest enemy will not have access to your life. Listen to me. This can give you enough faith to stop praying some stupid prayers. Even when sin seems too rough. It's, but I know my man is standing. The one that God sent before me is standing. He's standing as appointed of God. I know it. That knowledge alone sets you free. Glory to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? As long as Samuel was standing, the Philistines could not. <laughs> Take this to your personal family, man. As long as you are the head of that home and you have captured enough weight and presence in the spirit, the enemies will not penetrate your family. 
Are you still there with me? Because you see, yes, Samuel was standing as a head over the whole of Israel, not just a band of prophets anymore. Are you calling? Are you getting this? As long as Samuel was alive, Israelite can't get close to the coast of Israel. I mean, the Philistines. Are you still there with me? So important you understand this. When God made me to see this, I said, God Almighty, help me to understand this thing the more. Let me find one man that will stand. Let me relate to one man that will stand. Let my life be connected to one man that will stand. Then I have my freedom. You spend time fasting and praying. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But if only you can locate a man. And you're sure this man is sent. Now let me explain something to you. Some of you get so confused and you say, wow. Okay, I know of that man in Abuja. Okay, I know of that man in, 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 in Colombo. Okay, no, I know. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. Let me explain something to you. Israel was a community of God. He gave them Samuel as their head. Is that okay? Okay, let me bring it this way. Listen very closely to this because it's very important. In Israel, we have 12 tribes. Is that all right? Good. And every tribe had a head. Are you listening to me? Very good. Now, one thing you need to understand is this. In the true sense of it, a child cannot choose his place of birth. Otherwise, some of you will not want to be born in Nigeria. Am I correct? Good. The man you are truly connected with is not necessarily your choice, but is divine. Now watch this. There's something happening here. When a man gives birth to a child, the child carries the gene of that man. Are you following this? Okay. The gene you carry determines the potentials in your life which flows through that particular family. Let me explain. In the tribe of Israel, you have Issachar, Judah, Zebulon. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Twelve tribes. Now, Issachar men were men that sees have understanding as to when Israel was to move of times and season for Israel movement both to war and this case may be. How many of you remember that? The tribe of Judah was to produce the kingship. Now, if a man of the tribe of Issachar decide to migrate and become a Judah, he can't function as a king because the gene to function as a king is not better there. Did you understand this? And this is why so many people in certain local assemblies can't prosper. They can't function because they are not connected to the family that ordinarily they were supposed to be born into. Because these sucker people, they have, there's something that works in their vein to see times and season for Israel. It runs through their vein. It is directly, you know, imputed by God. Is that alright? Now, if a man of Issachar decides to become a person of the tribe of Levi, he can function. How many of you understand what I'm saying? And so, you must understand your family trait. You must understand your family lineage. You must understand why you are under the person that you are under. And you must identify with that home. And then the potentials in your life will begin to be unlocked. Are you getting this? There are some deposits in you that can only flow out when you are directly and divinely connected. Glory to God. You need one man to unlock the things that God wants to give to you. How many of you understand that the prayers, oh come on, church, understand this. The prayers of Colinus were answered. It's not that God was not answering them. Are you still there? His offerings were registered in the heavens, but God could not minister to this man until he finds a man. Oh my goodness. Can somebody understand what I'm saying here? God will not minister to Colinus until he gets a Peter. Why, why did, why did Colinus not just get the answer? No, talk to me. It's not that God didn't answer the prayers. God answered. But God still needed a connector. <laughs> the one that is called. Am I talking to someone here? Did you get the picture there? God still needed a connector. And said, you go call Peter. Go and call him. And when Peter showed up, <laughs> what God wanted to deliver to Colinius was readily available. Now get this. Peter wasn't praying before the Holy Ghost came. 
He was just telling stories. But all that God wanted to release the Holy Ghost to Colinius was to get one standing. And as soon as Peter showed up, heavens opened. Hallelujah. And, and the thing is this, it comes to confirm the scripture. God will do exceedingly above what I do ask or think. I'm not sure Colinius will pray for the Holy Ghost. But God gave what he was not asking for because there was someone standing. God will do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. If you get the connector, if you get the connector right, if you, if you stay, see the man standing and get connected in your mind and your thinking, things will happen that ordinarily you don't even ask for. It will be amazing to you how God pours heaven into your life. Glory to God. Am I talking to someone this morning? <laughs> I see transformation coming. Amen. Because I see your heart opening. I see you getting completely and rightly connected. I see that divinity flowing because somebody is standing in the name of Jesus Christ. Now let's take the scripture. I would like us to look at the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Mm. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13. Very quickly. Yep. Praise the Lord. Go up again. I would like to read this from. Now if you read it from King James. He says this. But do good. And to communicate forget not. For with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves for the watch for your soul. As they that must give account. That they may do it with joy. And I will grieve. For that is unprofitable for you. <laughs> oh my God. I would like on your own part to go and check off this word. Submit. Amen. Check up the word for yourself. Obey and submit. Now listen to me. You are a child of God. Why would God determine that somebody will give account? Because this is where we get into problem. We look at it and say, well, we are all priests. Yes. The whole of the children of Israel, they were all priests unto the rest of the nations. But they were ranking within the house of Israel. Did you understand this? Every tribe, every child born into Israel was a priest. But yet there was a Levitical priesthood. Yet there was a Aaronic priesthood. Yet there was a prophet that was appointed to watch over them. Hallelujah. Obey them. Submit yourselves. He said they watch over your soul and they give account. Do you know what it means to give an account? To write a testimony. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you still there with me somebody? They write a test. How many of you once think of getting a job and they ask you to bring a reference later? Huh? <laughs> you, you are qualified for the job but they still want a reference later they want to get to know about your character they want to know about your one or two things are you getting this and uh, the man that writes that reference later must be somebody they specify they have certain regard and class for the people that must write reference on your behalf to be able to get the job are you following what I'm talking about and God also in his economy is saying I have placed some people to write some report about you the report they present to me will determine what I do for you. Oh my God. Is anybody following this? Now I would like us to read this from, from the message translation. Praise the Lord. Got a message. Make sure you don't take things for granted. And I want somebody to say amen to that. <laughs> and go slack in working for the common good. Come on good for the fellowship. Come on good of one another. Is that okay? He said, share what you have with others. And some of you are good hoarders. You hold things. But you see, you are taking things for granted. You hold things. You, you don't consider. You need to go back again to Matthew chapter 10 and see what I'm saying. He that receives you. He that receives a prophet. He that receives a righteous one. Who is a saint? Are you still there? He said, don't take things for granted. Don't just live your life callously. Live with principles. Live with understanding. Don't take things for granted. Don't take the seed you sow for granted. Don't take the good you are doing for granted. Oh my God. I wish you can follow this. 
Merit, you are doing it with heaven's mandate, with principle that you know will produce results. Don't live your life carelessly. Don't take things for granted. Don't think you can just live the way you want to live. Hallelujah. Share what you have with others. God take particular pleasure in the act of worship. Now, what kind of act of worship? Not just singing praises. A different kind of sacrifice that takes place in kitchen and workplace and on the street. I like that. Hallelujah. Come on. Did you like this? Oh, some of you don't want to open your kitchen to any man. You could call the food you eat it yourself. What God is saying is everywhere you find yourself is interested in what you do. Come on. Are you saying this? A different kind of sacrifice. No, sacrifice means worship. Is that okay? Now, what sacrifice is saying? Oh, look at it. That take place, sacrifice that takes place where? In the kitchen, in the workplace, and where? On the streets. Don't live your life callously. You know what? Anytime, even you're walking in the street, people you meet, don't be callous. Have heavenly thoughts. <laughs> you relate with people, relate based on heavenly mindset. You cooking the food? Cook it with all gladness. Not just with all gladness, knowing that this food, as people take it, their life not only be nourished, but healing and deliverance will come into their life. <laughs> God is interested in your kitchen, people. Women, come on, wake up. Am I talking to someone here? Are you hearing me? When you're slicing your onion, slicing with the mind of releasing heaven to people. <laughs> your tomato is precious before God. It's all part of the sacrifice. I'm talking to someone here. Hey, you're looking at your Maggi cubes. You are not just looking at Maggi cubes. You are looking at deliverance flowing to people who take your food. Hey, think deep, people. I'm not joking. There's something serious about this. That's why I say, whatever to you do, do it to the glory of God. Whether it wears or indeed. Even in your kitchen, baby. Are you getting this? Glory to God. Kitchen. Huh? Yeah. Serious. You see that? In the this it is different sacrifice. No, not how do you hey you don't have to be callous with your food. Remember what we said? Don't take this for granted. Don't take your cooking for granted. Don't just put paper and sort and dish it out. No, no, no. Don't take it for granted. Let me be a little bit serious here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Take your kitchen serious. You know what? When you want to prepare the meal, be sure when people eat it, oh, they'll be satisfied. How many of you understand when Sarah has finished feeding the three men that came? Heaven was released. Isaac promised came forth. Don't take your kitchen for granted. Cook the food and bring heaven down. Hey young girls, this is a good opportunity for you. Glory to God. You're growing up with an understanding that when you step into your kitchen, hey, you bring heaven down. Now, if you don't know how to cook, you better learn to cook now. <laughs> because God is also interested in your kitchen. It's in the Bible. Glory to God. He prepares a table. He knows the kind of table he prepares for people. So if you're also preparing a table, he wants expectation there. Glory to God. In the workplace, and then where? On the street. Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Say Amen. amen. <laughs> be responsive to which people? Your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. I says, don't live your life carelessly. Listen to their counsel. Look at that. They are alert to the condition of your lives and walk under the strict supervision of God. Did you get this? Hallelujah. Contribute. Everybody say contribute. Oh, you already seen that on the screen. Can we all read this together? Want to go? Contribute to the joy of their leaders. Not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Things are already hard. By reason of the work they are doing. Glory to God. Am I talking to somebody? Things are hard. You know what it means? You don't sleep. Your phone is always ringing. You don't understand. All complaints are coming to you. Because you're leaders. Don't make things harder for them. That is why. If they can be walking in the spiritual dimensions. You'll see things work out for you. Your natural things. You are very much in place to minister it unto them. Don't make things harder for them. 
Don't make things difficult. Don't make their life a terrible mess just because they are leaders. Praise the Lord. Are you following this? He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive what? A reward of a prophet. He said, don't make them, don't, be, don't make them get angry. Don't make them sad because they give account. They write, they have a written report about you. Even to God. Don't make things, they contribute towards your joy. Make life enjoyable to these guys. Can you see why? <laughs> when, 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 when Saul's servant said, let's go and see Samuel. Maybe you'll be able to give us direction. Remember what he said there. Look at it. If he was there, he said, they live their lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Did you get that? That's why you don't play with their counsel. And, and so when he said, let's go see this man. He may be able to tell us which way to go. And Saul said, he understands principles too. How can we go? There's nothing in our wallet now. We'll be spending all our time and money buying bread on the road. And the servant said, no, I got some little things here. Let's go. Why did they want to go to Samuel? Was Samuel hungry? <laughs> Glory to God. They understood principles. Is that alright? So we can go. I have something here. Don't go to God with empty hands. Don't go to the man of God with empty hands. No matter how small. I was asking them over there in Jankramas. I know 80% of you guys here are Juju worshippers. How many of you have ever gone to the shrine with empty hands? No, talk through. It's either you're going to go with fowl, go with some recommendation, go with some animals that they always kill for you. Huh? Even the pastor can eat the fowl too. Hmm? Chicken. Am I talking here? It's not sacrifice. It's giving me joy. Because the kitchen is also important. And the, and, and the chicken will go to the kitchen. What a good combination. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, yesterday I walked in here and I got a call on the road when I was coming in and I I'm in the house. I said, what is it? I, I wanted to see you, but you're not there. Nobody's at home. The kids are not there. I said, everybody's busy on the field. Some are in the choir practice, some are in prayers, some are driving, whatever. Everybody's busy. I said, but can I leave something behind? I said, jolly well, brother. And I come in there and I saw the gate man and he said, these things. Uh, oh, I said, these things here. Bless you. Now you're going to partake because you're the gatekeeper. Hallelujah. By man, I got satisfied. Got some good things that give me joy. How many of you know after praying need to eat too? Can I hear any man to that? Hallelujah! So he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive the reward of a prophet. 